hears thoughts and prayers. Las Vegas, Orlando, Virginia Tech, Sandy Hook Elementary, Sutherland Springs, Texas, Killeen, Texas, El Paso, Texas, Grob Elementary, Uvalde, Texas, Marjorie Stoneham Douglas High School, Columbine High School, Tree of Life Synagogue, Santa Fe High School, Boulder, Colorado, Buffalo, New York. All of the above mentioned and many hundreds more are all scenes of mass shootings. There has been 27 school shootings in the United States this year alone. The United States population comprises four and a quarter percent of the world's population and yet has the dubious distinction of 30% of the world's mass shootings. More than any civilized society in the entire world. Each time one of these atrocities occur, we can wait for the canned speeches and wearisome incantations from self-righteous Republicans and Starbucks drinking latte liberal Democrats saying we sin our thoughts and prayers. But thoughts and prayers seem hollow and hypocritical when school zones become war zones. Thoughts and prayers seem inadequate and insufficient when we make more of the rights guaranteed by the Second Amendment than we do of the rights of second graders. The National Rifle Association meeting here in downtown Houston at George R. Brown Convention Center being spurred on by the chief liar and conspiracy theorist-in-chief, Donald Trump himself, 
are obfuscating the issue of America's sick obsession with guns and violence by tossing these red herrings. They are trying to throw us off the scent by telling us that the problem in this country is the removal of God from public schools. The problem, they say, is the decline of two-parent households. They say the problem is a perceived leniency towards criminals. They espouse the view that the problem is social media and for good measure they stigmatize the mentally ill. I have a retort for their patented idiotic statement guns don't kill people people kill people my response to that is guns don't kill people people kill people but people kill people with guns David Frum David Frum staff writer at the Atlantic magazine wrote that thoughts and prayers began as a cliche. It has become a joke and has putrefied into a national disgrace. This morning, brothers and sisters, I say away with thoughts and prayers. And we, the people of the United States of America, demand laws and policies. Instead of Governor Abbott casting blame on the mentally ill, he should reinstate the $211 million that he cut from the State Department of Health and Human Services for the mentally ill. Instead of Governor Abbott talking about the gun culture in this state of Texas, the state of Texas has the most relaxed gun laws of any state in the United States so that we are the wild, wild west. You can buy a gun, an AR-15, at 18 years old, and at 18 you can't buy wine to drink with your dinner. Brothers and sisters, hear me. This country is headed down militaristic stairwells in the halls of thermonuclear destruction because we put more money into bombs and bullets than we do into high schools and elementary schools. And we have turned this culture of ours into a violent culture of people who have turned against one another just this morning. The streets are blocked off at Cullen and 610 because of black-on-black -black crime. We can't put all of this on the NRA. We can't put all of this on the Republican Party. Some of this has to start in our own homes, training our children, training our people to love each other more than white folk have taught us to hate each other. If my people 
I wish I had a witness here. Which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked way. Then will I hear from heaven forgive their sins and heal their land. Righteousness exalts a nation. But sin is a reproach. I wish I had a Bible reading to many people. Isaiah sets the tone for us this morning. And he sets the tone for these United States of America who is on every corner intoning thoughts and prayers and do hypocritical things against the very thoughts that they are praying about. This, this is just an aside here. I'm not, I don't have this in my notes. I'm just going to throw this in. I'm not going to charge you for this. We, we, we in the African-American community always getting in the wrong fight. Um, this, this, this abortion fight, this wrangling over abortion in the country, it's not about us. It's not about black and brown people. They don't care how many children you have. They will just put policies in place not to take care of your children. They, they need to quit calling themselves right to life because they are just right to birth. They want the child to be born, but then they don't have any policies in place to take care of them after they're born. They have to eat, they have to have clothes, they have to be educated. So if you want the child to be born, then you have to put policies in place to take care of the child. But this is not our fight, black sister. The fight is because white people are having abortions, diluting their political stronghold, and their numbers are dwindling, so they want white women to have babies because they know they will soon be in the minority. And we jumping in the fight, marching and making noise and rattling. I don't see them in the fight for the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. I don't see them in the fight for the George Floyd Policing Act. So why are you jumping on their bandwagon and they jumping off yours? Uh, let me get back to the text. I almost said a bad word. The bitter tone of the oracle in Isaiah, the bitter tone of the oracle in Isaiah is set in the beginning of this passage. In causal similarity, Israel is almost like Sodom and Gomorrah. On the deeper, more important spiritual level, 
Israel is Sodom and Gomorrah. In causal similarity, America is almost like Sodom and Gomorrah. And on the deeper, more spiritual level, America is Sodom and Gomorrah. And if the Lord does not judge America, he owes an apology to Sodom and Gomorrah. Because every form of evil that can be imagined goes on in this country. The Bible says every imagination. I wish I had two or three more Bible readers. Every imagination, every wicked thing that's in the heart of man, every inconceivable thing in the book of Genesis says, everything that they could imagine that was evil, they put their hands to it. But hear me, brothers and sisters. With their hypocritical rituals and their empty ceremony, they are trying to replace character, attitudes, and relationships. They are trying to make the sacrifice do what God wants to be done in the heart. The sacrificial system in the Old Testament was not given for the purpose of procuring God's favor, but as a means whereby those who have accepted God's grace and are keeping the commandment and enjoying the presence of God may continue to do so in spite of their unintentionally falling short of the glory of God. And so they thought that if they would just bring a, a ram or a bullock, if they would just make a blood oblation, God would be pleased. But I want to rush and tell us this morning that obedience is better than sacrifice. Because all sacrifice does is try to make up for what obedience could have prevented in the first place. There is a human tendency. There is a human tendency to use religious behavior as a means of manipulating God for our own benefit. That is at the root of prosperity preaching. That is at the root of the word of faith movement, of, of the name it and claim it movement. If I just do certain things, then God is obligated to do certain things for me. God is not in your debt. God will not let you manipulate him. God is in control and God decides the bounds and the parameters of our lives and blessings come to us not because we deserve them but because God chooses to send them. And faith when it is real. I said faith when it is real. Faith, when it is real, learns not to expect from God what we want, but to thank God for what he gives. Because he lets his sun shine on the just 
and the unjust. I wish I had a Bible reader. God lets his sun shine on the evil and the good people. You are here this morning not because you are better and they are worse, but because God is still merciful. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercy never come to an end. They are new every moment. And the reason why I need his mercy to be new every morning because I messed up yesterday's mercy. Is there anybody else here got some stuff you regret in your past that if you could go back you would undo it but mercy suits my case. Mercy surely goodness and mercy shall follow me shall chase me even when I'm trying to get away from it it'll follow me and grab me and bring me to church when I don't even feel like going to church I'll find myself getting dressed on something because when I start to remember and listen if you want to really worship you got to have a good memory you got to remember when you were down and God picked you up you got to remember when you were sick and God made you well you got to remember when you sin and God washed you clean. And when you remember, you shout. 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 Let everything. Hey. That has breath. Praise the Lord. Let the redeemed of the Lord. Say so. I'm trying to get to this little word. But some of y'all was raised like I was raised. When... Uh, when my cousin Julia, who's going to be with the Lord, would come to Eunice on the Continental Trailways. You got to be over 50 to remember the Continental Trailways. Julia would come to Eunice and we'd pick her up at the Continental Trailways. And we loved for Julia to come because we knew, me, Gwen, Wanky, Johnny knew that Julia was going to put a quarter in our hand. And you know how much you could buy with a quarter in 1965? Some now and laters. Some Mary Janes. Some long boys. Five moon cookies. And 10 cent left for a UZO red soda water. And every time Julia would put that money in our hand, my mama would look at me, Gwen, Wanky, and Johnny and say, what y'all gonna say? 
Because when somebody gives you something, what you going to say? God woke you up this morning. What you going to say? God made a way out of no way. What you going to say? God made your enemy your footstool. What you going to say? Thank you. God delivered you. What you going to say? You can't. You can't. You can't manipulate God because He's transcendent. He's above manipulation, He's omniscient. He knows everything. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere at the same time. He's the only personality in the universe going all over the place bumping into himself. He's eternal now. He was, he is, and he will be. Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations before the mountains were brought forth. However, thou hast formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting. Come on, you can help me say it. To everlasting. You are God. You turn men to destruction and say, Return, ye children of men, for a thousand years in your sight are like yesterday when it is past and as a watch in the night. Thou carriest them away as with a flood. They are as asleep. In the morning, they are like grass which groweth up. In the evening, it groweth up and flourisheth. Who knows the power of your anger? Even according to your fear, so is your wrath. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts under wisdom. God cannot be manipulated by any human activity. Now, there is perhaps a bit of a double entendre in this verse because their hands are full of the blood of sacrifices but they're also full of the blood of the innocent that's a double entendre they, they have the blood of lambs and bullocks and 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 he goats and and heifers and and lambs without spot or blemish that blood is on their hands but it's mixed with some other blood They've misused some innocent people. They have abused some widows, some poor people. 
Because God is a God of the marginalized. God is a God of those who have been misused and put upon by people who are stronger than them. God is a God of those who live in the margins. God is a God not only of folk who shop in Sugar Lane. But God is a God of those who go to the Goodwill store. God is a God not only of those who live in a gated community. But God is a God of those who live in public housing. God is not just a God of people who went to the University of Houston. God is the God of that man who don't even know how to write his own name. Because you can have a PhD, but without some G-O-D, you're just a smart devil. And Isaiah says, when you raise your hand in my sanctuary in prayer, God said, I'll hide my eyes from you. Even if you offer thoughts and prayers, President Biden, even if you offer thoughts and prayers, Governor Abbott, even if you offer thoughts and prayers, Reverend Al Sharpton, because I think it's disingenuous of black organizations not to be in Uvalde standing with the Hispanic community because if it was a black school, black folk would be there on buses, but now because it's not us, Crump is not there because he can't make no money. Now you think I give up what they think about me? If Ben Crump could be there making money, he would have flown to Uvalde Thursday. No, no, it's a national action network, not a black action network. National means everybody who is in trouble, we ought to be there with a black presence to let them know I stand with you. I need you. You need me. We are all a part of God's body. I'm through. I probably got kicked off the board. But long as my key work over here at Lily Grove, I'm good. Oh. Justice is dynamic. Justice is what love looks like in public. Justice is what love looks like in public. If we're not going to treat everybody right, then we ought to take down the Statue of Liberty. Bring us your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to be free. That's not true. Because 
I, I, I don't have anything against the Ukrainian people. I don't have anything against people coming from other nations who are looking for a better life here in America. But when Haitians come, somebody ought to help me preach it. When brown people come, when dark people come, they send them back because they figure they're not going to be a voting block. On the Supreme Court, there's a wording that says equal justice under the law. That's not true. Because if you don't have any money, you are not going to get equal justice. Talk back to me if you can. Justice is so dynamic. And by that word dynamic, I mean alive and thriving and always on the move. Justice is so dynamic that the Bible says in the book of Amos, let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like a mighty stream. Justice is so dynamic that the book of Micah says he has shown thee, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? That you do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. Not only is justice dynamic, but justice acts as an advocate. There's advocacy injustice. Now in order for that to take place we would have to reform the laws that discriminate against the powerless. And we would have to be proactive in programs designed to help the helpless, the homeless, and the hopeless. That's a reason they put these smokestacks in predominantly African-American communities. They're not going to bring these polluting factories in River Oaks. They bring them to Fifth Ward. They bring them to where we live because it's all right to pollute them. They're going to kill themselves anyway. And so we are discriminated against environmentally. We are discriminated against financially because they have redlined certain areas in the city of Houston that if you live in certain zip codes, they will give you a higher interest rate or don't give you any money at all. And so when we talk about justice being advocacy, if the Lord don't help us, if God does not come to our rescue, we are among all men most miserable. This last word and I'm through. Justice is dynamic. Justice is advocacy. But justice is finally grateful. Here's what Isaiah says. He says when you come in the assembly after all of that hypocritical ceremony, if you come in the, in the synagogue, in the temple, in the church, and raise your hands and you can't walk with God because you don't act like God, and raising your hands in the sanctuary and you really don't know the God you call yourself praising, 
Isaiah said, you can raise your hands, but I'll hide my eyes. You can offer your thoughts and prayers. And God says, I will not listen because your hands are full of blood. If that were the end of this sermon, we would go home depressed. But read on. And when you read on, around about verse 18, Isaiah said, come. Let us reason together. I need two or three more Bible readings. Though your sins be as scarlet, they'll be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, if you just come, I'll make them like wool. God is saying to some sinner here this morning, God is saying to some sinner listening to me on our social media platforms, you don't have to go to hell. Jesus died for your sins, rose for your justification, and since the Lord satisfied God's justice, we can come before his presence with thanksgiving. And enter into his courts with praise. And know ye that the Lord, he is God. And it is he that hath made us. And not we ourselves. I'm finna shout now. Because a little girl at Robb Elementary. A little fourth grader. At Robb Elementary. Saw all her little classmates being shot in that classroom. Her teacher was killed. Her, her, her classmates were shot. And she said the only thing she could think to do was put some blood on herself so that the man who was shooting would think she was dead. And she lived because she was covered by the blood. On Friday on the cross, I'm covered by the blood. I'm alive this morning because I'm covered by the blood. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other. No other. No other. Found I know nothing.